Welcome back to the Cosmic Car Wash Podcast. I feel a little bit like a used car salesman when I say that. Welcome back to the Cosmic Car Wash Podcast. I don't mean it to come out like that. Uh, my name is Paul. And hey, I'm Rick. This is Rick. And we are talking today about, look, something shiny. <laughs> what? Uh, I love that. I appreciate that we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> we can't. We can't. But this came out of a conversation that you and I had the other day. We were just chatting back and forth and uh, you quipped about, yeah, being distracted by a shiny object. And um, that kind of led into a discussion about, yeah, the things that we look to other than Jesus, other than God for our... Uh, satisfaction for our joy for our replenishment uh i think we referenced it last week in our episode uh, john eldridge had a question uh, are we looking for relief or are we looking for recovery and hmm. uh, so yeah i just wanted to kind of go into this and you know you and i say all the time we're not scholars or theologians uh we're just two guys who love god and we just dive into these topics and kind of have a conversation with one another and the conversation develops organically. And um, as we were uh, taking the last couple of days and kind of prepping for this, uh, this one particular scripture kept coming over and over to me. And Rick, I know you've got one that God put on your heart as well, but um, <clears throat> this was another scripture that was referenced in an episode of the chosen uh, for anybody that's seen it. It's the, uh, I forget which episode from season three, but, uh, Gaius, who's a Roman soldier, and Simon, who's one of Jesus' disciples, they're working together to repair uh, this well in uh, Capernaum that had ruptured and sewage was in the well, and obviously that's a huge health concern. So in this scene, they're having just a dialogue. It's not a Roman and a Jew at this point. It's just two guys who are having troubles at home, and they're talking about life and about things. And uh, Peter or Simon uh, quotes this verse from um, the prophet Jeremiah, and it's in uh, chapter 2, uh, verses, let's say, uh, we'll go verses, verse 13, Jeremiah two thirteen. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. And uh, probably a hundred other scriptures that I could point to, you know, that kind of speak to this. But that just said for me, like, what are the things that I'm looking to for my replenishment and my joy and my peace? Um, recently, we took a trip with a bunch of friends down to the panhandle of Florida, and we got a, a house on the beach uh, in Pensacola Beach, and it was really nice, and it was relaxing right on the Gulf of Mexico, and the water was beautiful, white sand beaches, the weather was perfect. You know, I live in Michigan, and right now it's like 45 degrees and overcast, but in Florida, it was like 80 degrees and sunny and just it was really refreshing, and in the weeks leading up to that vacation, some of the friends that we were going down there with just kept saying, oh, I can't wait for this. I need this. It's been so long and I just need this vacation. And and I get it. Everybody loves vacation, but um, it just caused me to stop and examine myself. Like, am I looking to this vacation to be the thing that fills me up or am I reserving that for Jesus? Because that's 
where my he is where my resilience lies. So um yeah, you could substitute vacations with uh addictions of any different kind, the things that we look to for that release or that enjoyment, that just break from reality or um, you know, the toys that we collect. You know, I think guys are especially prone to this. You know, I have a beautiful motorcycle sitting in my garage. Uh, but I have to remind myself frequently that uh, as much as I enjoy riding my motorcycle on, you know, beautiful, sunny, warm days, uh, that motorcycle is never going to be the thing that fills me up. So uh, anyway, I could go on and on. But, uh, well, yeah, just love to dive into this with you, Rick, and hear your thoughts and what God's sharing with you and take hmm. it from there. So. Well, this kind of just listening to you talk, it really kind of uh piggybacks um daisy chains off of let your kingdom crumb yeah it uh, does actually yeah because sometimes those crumbs depending on how hungry we are and listening to you talk about your vacation janet and i love to go to the outer banks we love to go up to the mountains and every time we do we walk around in wide-eyed wonder looking at shiny things and you know thinking and i thought oh hundred times, you know, wow, what would it be like to live here? Yeah. You know, every single day, it's just like anywhere else. Every, every place that you call vacation is home to somebody else. Right. They wake up every single day that could have been born and raised there and never left, you know, 50 square miles. And that's home. And just like anything else that eventually it can become common, right? It just becomes common and you miss you miss the beauty around you, uh, you know, where other people they're seeing just this incredible um, s- scenery and the joy and the solitude and the the lack of the yapping ruction and the belching wheels and cogs of mm, of yeah. where they're from and work. <clears throat> so the trick is finding that wherever you are. Finding that, you know, on your own front porch, in your own backyard, in your own city. And I think it goes much deeper than that, you know, but shiny things is finding uh, finding Eden in everything. And, uh, you know, as we were talking about this, Paul, first of all, last week I I went and just kind of did a quick overview of a handful of our previous podcasts, you know, sharing them with someone else. And, um, I realized that I stammer a lot <laughs> and it, you know, that's so that's, that was my takeaway. Uh, yeah. Mm, but, um, but, um, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I thought, my gosh, <laughs> good grief. I'm hoping the people that were watching that saw something shiny, shinier. So that being said, that's all I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> Super self-conscious right now. Oh yeah, is how not to go. But um, but um, sound like R two D two. Just oh my gosh, whistles. <laughs> boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> so I, you know, and this morning when I was I was praying and I was thinking last night even about just the distractions and something shiny, and I find myself a lot in the things that I do, whether it's loading gear, you know, we're playing this weekend and next weekend, just have a full schedule. 
So we got to load gear, haul gear and all that good stuff. And I enjoy that. I really, truly do. I find uh, it's very cathartic for me. I love playing music. But I find that when I do things like that, even if it's working on the yard or doing something around the house, it's I, I am just laser focused and and I got to get it done without any distractions, without any uh, mess ups. If I drop something, I'm like, oh, you know, right. it's almost like this competitive thing. And I don't know what it is, but it's I got to get I can't just do it. I have to get it done fast. It's got to be done quick and fast and perfect. Right. And I'm sitting on the porch and I realized, so it felt like, you know, you still people, God talks to you these days and they might want to lock you up, but we were, we were designed to, uh, to communicate. We were created to communicate, uh, beings created in the image of God. We were created to communicate with him, but more importantly for him to communicate with us and to us. It's never been, it's never supposed to have been a monologue. No, no. And it's never supposed to have been, you know, how do you hear from God? It's, it's I personally, I think, I believe he's always speaking. Yeah. So not to uh, run off on something shinier. I'm thinking about that this morning and, and just, and I thought about it as I was looking at the lawn, I'm thinking, okay, when can I squeeze that in? I got to get that done. got to get that done. I need to get the weed whacker and all, blah, 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 all this, you know, and I felt like Holy Spirit said, why are you in such a hurry? Why are you in such a hurry to get everything done? You're going to be here forever. Yeah. And I, it, it just, it really did. It set me back. I thought I have been hurrying my whole life. Right. It's so many things, hurrying, hurrying for the next thing. And I don't have to hurry. So this afternoon when I was breaking down some gear downstairs, usually I would be just, you know, focused and laser and everything. And I took my sweet time. Yeah. And that's the first time I did that in a long time. Nice. And there was some, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, there's a big part of the heart and the life of Jesus that we miss when we get going so fast Because if you look at Jesus's life, his public ministry was about three and a half years and he accomplished, Mm. I mean, it goes without saying, here we are 2000 years later talking about his life and billions of people look to him as their salvation, but you never get this impression that Jesus was rushed or distracted. He was just always in the moment and he went at the pace he went at and he was never super concerned with like, well, I got to stop healing these people because I got to get to the next town, you know, just. Right. Yeah. He finished the task, even going over to the, the Gadrines yeah. in the storm. He was asleep. Yeah. He wasn't panicked, worrying, you know, it was supposed to rain Saturday and where we're playing tomorrow, where we usually set up, if it rains good, it just turns into a sieve. Mm-hmm. So I've been frantic about that all week. And it's just this revelation that came that it none of it matters. I've just got to really get a handle on that and just stop worrying and stop being so driven. 
to some things and some the scripture that I came up with, and this thing has been on my mind now for a couple of weeks. And I think I shared it with you not long ago. And I just found one. There's there's plenty, but it's in right. Psalms. Psalms 118. The Lord is my strength and my defense. Well, the word there, defense, is song. Ooh. And it's riddled all through the Psalms and other places. They're interchangeable. So right. it, it just it's not I'm what we think about defense and defending ourselves and defending our positions and defending our dissertations and, and defending our opinions and our religious beliefs or political beliefs or whatever. It's as easy as worshiping. It's as yeah. easy as singing a song. And uh, I've really been dialed into what's his name? William Augusto. Is that his name? Uh, William Augusto. Yeah. Oh He's a my Brazilian. Good. Yeah. That guy's worship music is stunning. I highly recommend it. I created a whole playlist on my, uh, I use Apple music, but it's just called soaking music and I'll just put it on shuffle and just, mm -hmm. his music is like just a deep breath. Every single day. Yep. Turn it on on the porch. And I, it's literally, I feel like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I'm here. I'm yeah. Actually, right I think I'll, I'll link his, uh, I know he's got a YouTube channel. I'll link it here in the show notes for anybody. Oh, that's perfect. Interested. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. And you're right. Soaking it, but it becomes that defense. And, um, I think sometimes just from my own personal experience, that when it comes to that, you know, weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. So I take every thought captive, cast on every vain imagination and everything that exalts itself to get the knowledge of God. You know, just this, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, let me gather my thoughts. Just this, almost this brutish. Right. It's like, you a, like you, yeah, you and I have both in it and this super militant, like, yes, that's it. Oh, you know, it's like, yeah, Navy SEAL Christian, you know. Right. And yeah, oh, oh, oh. And it is nothing like that. No. There is such power in pure worship. What Steve Gray said about being dangerously pure. Dangerously pure, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. But I think that's, you know, he's obviously tapped into that and that worship. In, in that secret place and finding resting under the, sh in God's shade. Yeah. You know, let him cast some shade. Yeah. <clears throat> so something that's probably, I'm convinced, not probably, that most people probably know, maybe figured that out the first week they were a Christian. It's taken me a long time. <laughs> so, der. Because <laughs> there's a lot of shiny things out there, Paul. There are a lot of shiny things. And, one of the things that uh, others have pointed out, and I'm starting to see it for myself again, I think I probably have realized it before, but it's like you said, you can read something a hundred times and then it just jumps out at you is uh, scripture says every, you know, frequently through the gospels that Jesus would go away to pray. And, uh, mm -hmm. but then when you see him in public and he's healing and he's ministering, He's doing it with so little effort. Right. Just 
You know, the power of God was with him. He didn't have to gin it up. He didn't have to, you know, like, you know, flex his biceps and, you know, jump up and down. He spent so much time alone with the father that when he got around other people, the father just came out. He didn't, he was one with his father and Jesus prayed for us in John 17. You know, he said, may they be one as you and I are one. Mm. And we have to cultivate that time away, get away from all the distractions, all the shiny things, because the world's never going to give us permission to step out of the hurry, the crowds and the noise to be alone with the father. We have to prioritize Mm. that and make his kingdom. I think that's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you is uh, make time for the father, spend time in prayer and meditation so that when you get around the needs of the world and you, there's, you have something to give, you know? So, right. Script. Yeah. Which brings me to this next scripture that I've held on to for a long time. Most people are familiar with it is be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's thick. Yes. That is a thick promise, but it starts with banishing anxiety. And how do you do that? First of all, you, get rid of all the shiny things. And um, like you said, you pray. Yeah. And you know, that word in its, in and of itself, you know, prayer, I I think it gets uh, convoluted or has, you know, Mm -hmm. and people think that there's, you got to have a formula. You have to say the right things in the right order with the right inflections and the right tone and make sure your syllables are in the right place. <laughs> and if you can include King James, you know, English, right. then all the better. Thou birth giver, there's emptiness <laughs> in thy belly. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. And I, I wrestled with that for some time. Feeling like that I wasn't doing it right. Even in the Lord's prayer, personally, I think that most people stop just when Jesus was getting started. That's a good point. Yeah. We've covered that. I think in a previous. Yeah. The shameless audacity. Yeah. Shameless audacity. Yeah. Yeah. Or we tag it with the, in Jesus name. Right. Uh, In case case everything else that we said doesn't work, we'll just, you know, right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm going away this weekend. You know, I got no gas and my car's, uh, a hunk of junk. So I was praying to get me there in Jesus name. <laughs> I have put my, I have laid hands on my gas gauge in the car before. Yeah. I've done this. You know, I, I know who hasn't in Jesus name. Yeah. So I, you're right. And it's, I think you could teach it, but I I think the best teacher is living by example. Right. You know, and I think of people, if any, I was checking some of our, of our podcasts. And I think there, I think there was one that we were closing in on 70 views. Yeah. 70 people, 70 people's cable went out. And just, 
Let me go on to the YouTube and see what... Hey, look at these two guys. What's They're the awful. public car wash? <laughs> They're shiny. <laughs> so, I, I say that just to encourage people to spend some time with us. Yeah. You know, to reach out and talk with us. There's so much more to this. And you and I, we've come along. We've been friends, what, 25 years? Yeah. Yeah, 25 years. We met a long time ago when I was back in Salmonock, Illinois. Yeah. And we had gone to the revival down in Smith in Missouri and it was life changing. And yeah. Well, we actually it. met. So we met the weekend that I graduated from boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois, and then came down to Aurora. Right. And yeah, that's where we met. But yeah, you had already been down to Smithton, which is where I grew up. And we just like, ooh, small right. world. Well, that's how I ended up in Aurora was yeah. going to Smithton. So yeah, we just kind of hit it off. We've been friends for a long time. We used to come out to the house on the weekends and we would watch shiny shows like uh, Mystery Science Feeder. MST3K. Yeah. And, and just over the years, you know, you were deployed and so you're in Michigan now and I'm in uh, Southside Virginia where it is a gorgeous, what, 83 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. So yeah. saying that just to uh, encourage others that this is not exclusive by any means. And the whole purpose behind this is to begin to eliminate the shiny distractions, the little things, the confusing things, e even the religious shiny things. You know, you can't turn on YouTube now without listening to a dozen or more preachers preaching against other preachers instead of just preaching the gospel. Yeah, just point to Jesus. and Exactly. I don't understand that. It's just, it's like, you know, church junior high version. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. If Christianity were junior high girls in the in the valley in Southern California, right. instead of just preaching the gospel. So to finish my thought, that's my encouragement is is to hook up with us, man. Just you know, join us. Email us. I know you always give that plug at the end. Not like I'm not like I'm trying to end this, but I'm just thinking of those viewers and those yeah. listeners that stumble across us in the middle of the night because their cable went out and. You know, they don't want to watch Gilligan's Island like I do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, well, so Dallas Willard said, you know, it's one thing to tell people, you know, what to do, but it's it's quite another to tell them how. And so, yeah, this is the how. There's no good. magic formula. Um, you and I certainly haven't discovered it if it is out there. It's just a matter of linking up with other like-minded believers who are hungry for God and... Uh, you know, we do devotions every day through the Version Bible app. Uh, there's, right. you know, a revolving group of, you know, probably five or six of us at any point. I think I invite like 40 people and not yeah. everybody participates. And some people duck in once in a month. But uh, we're just there reading scripture, uh, you know, reading some commentary by somebody that put the devotional plan together. We make our comments, you know, sometimes we get a little bit of, you know, like debate going on because that's, you know, there's a place in, you know, circles for healthy scriptural debate. And, um, you know, we encourage one another. And then, um, 
yeah, just, you know, we have our warrior poets group, you and I and Joey and Preston keep in touch through text and phone calls mm. all the time. And that's, that's all it is, is just the church being the church, getting together, linking up because the world does traumatize us quickly mm. and regularly. Oh yeah. You know, you just mentioned it before we were, uh, before we started recording today that, you know, a day or two without really paying attention to it and you start to close your hands and right. grab a hold of all that stuff that you think is yours, but God's calling us to open our hands and Yes. It's a constant battle. Yeah. And it's but it starts with little things like that, coming back to all the distractions and the noise. You know, it is cacophonous. Yes. And then, then you throw in responsibilities and jobs and careers and then relationships that you know, between your spouse, between your kids, between your extended family, all of those things can just become chaotic, distracting, shiny. And by the end of the day, you find that you're just, you're just growing a little bit further away. And so then you throw in those, you know, those shake and bake drive through, Lord bless this day. I'm so sorry because I did it. And I'm sure you did too. You had those moments when I was out the door, getting in the car, you know, <clears throat> and Lord, oh man, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I'll get back with you. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So yeah. So he, he's not harsh. He's not no. uh, disappointed at us. He's not angry at us. You, we say that every podcast. You know, if so, if if people that are listening to this find themselves in that you're not alone, we all do it. You know, all of us have kind of drifted it somewhat, you know, over the course of our relationship with God. And, you know, we have varying levels of disappointment with God because we think he's not, you know, lived up to our expectations or something, but he's constantly there ready, open, listening, willing to receive, to, to talk with us, you know, to not be that, you know, nobody on the other end of the line kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and I was the guy that did the 90 seconds, <clears throat> you know, in and out 90 seconds, pray over your food right. and you know, it should be good. You know, got to church on time, should be good. Everything should be good. Yeah. And I always envied, I don't know if it was envy. I was always intrigued, I guess. You'd be on a church on a Sunday morning and they'd have a guest preacher or, you know, one of the associates would be speaking and talk about all the time they spent in the word. You know, I spent an hour every morning or 30, you know, 30 minutes back then was like, my gosh, yeah. you know, I'm hitting that snooze button as many times as I can. <laughs> <clears throat> so this was always something that was so far out of reach for me. Right. It was just incomprehensible. You know, how do you do that? I mean, how do you put so much time? And I tell you what I've discovered, and I know that you have too, is that the more that you do, the richer it gets, the closer it gets, the easier it gets, the hungrier it gets, you know, back to let your kingdom crumb. Those crumbs become feasts. Yes. They become, you know, huge seven course meals. And so and that's what it has happened to. I know it's happened to me. I know it's happened to you is when you have the time and I have, you know, with my schedule. I can have all the time in the world. So I'm up to an hour, hour and a half, some mornings just yeah. in the word and writing and thinking and praying. And, and does that make me a better Christian? Does that make me more saved than another guy? Absolutely not. 
No. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's – I have the same experience. So I'm typically in the office by 7.30, but over the last few years, I've grown to love so much being in the Word that it's worth it to me. My alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning. There's some mornings I wake up, even still, you know, I'm years into this. There's mornings I wake up and just can't <laughs> do life. I know. Um, but I make myself, you know, I get into scripture and like within just a couple minutes, man, it's right. like, it's rich and it's fulfilling. And I find something that day I may read, you know, four chapters that pass by. And then there's one verse, the Holy Spirit just says, that's the one. And that becomes that crumb. That becomes that thing that I lose sight of all the shiny things. There you go. That becomes the word for the day. Like, okay, this is what I needed today. Yeah. It outshines everything else. Yeah. I know. And I know that we're saying this again, just to encourage whoever may be watching and listening, because it is possible. It can be done. Um, You know, you don't have to be full-time ministry. Uh, I mean, you you might be striving towards that, but this is where it begins. And I think the sooner that people in their journey discover that, uh, not really a secret, but there is a vein of rich, rich instruction, rich life, uh, peace, provision, hope, and and wisdom that once, yeah, once you tap into that, I... I don't imagine it's easy to walk away from. I know that yeah. I can't. It's, it begins to become part of you. It, yeah. It's transformational. It becomes more than information. I think it starts as information, and then over time, it morphs into transformation. It literally Absolutely. transforms you. Yeah, God's playing the long game with us. He's yeah. not, you and, this is another thing you and I were talking about just before we started recording is that if we look over the course of human history, one person out of a hundred billion has ever lived perfectly. And it was God himself. Yeah. So God's not looking for a perfect performance. He's looking for somebody who over the course of time, the arc of their lives says, I love you, God. David was a deeply flawed person, Hmm. but God still said, that's the man who has my heart. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think of, when I think of our father and the kingdom of God and the Palingenesia, Eden again, and the great renewal, and I can see a huge table. And, I, and Janet and I have talked about this. This is what, this is our heart's desire is to have that place with yeah. a huge table and our kids and their kids and just full of food and I mean, it just gets me, it chokes me up. And in that moment and listening to life all around me, the conversation, the laughter, the stories, the love, the kinship, the legacy, the blood, that, and that is a picture of our our God. That's what he wants. That's what he wanted. And that's what he's going to get. That's what he's going to have. He's not mad. He wants family. He wants to sit down and have dinner with us and listen to the sounds of creation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That just I just think of that Norman Rock. I think of that Norman Rockwell painting. Oh yeah. 
yeah, that's that's the heart of our father is the family around the table just doing life and yeah, yeah, laughing, weeping, just having fun, being together, celebrating life, and so that's that's how I see God. He outshines all the shiny things. He outshines all the um, the dull. Um, the dull parts of religion that you and I struggled with for a long time. It was just that surly curmudgeon who didn't want anyone on his lawn. Right. And Jesus was the only thing that keeping us alive, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. So as I'm, as we're having this conversation, I'm just kind of checking in, like, how am I feeling about this and what's the theme? And it just feels like we're kind of coalescing around the character and the heart of God. Like once we get enamored with him, all that other stuff fades. And I think about the the old hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus until the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Like we just, we, we have become and are becoming so in love with Jesus. And that's possible because for anybody, anybody that wants it, anybody that wants it, can have this. You look at the people that Jesus invited in to his inner circle. They weren't the scholars and theologians and the rich and the powerful. It was blue collar workers and former demon possessed prostitutes. And, you know, who just assassins, assassins. They made Jesus the center and they changed the world. Yeah, he gave his life for them, and they ended up giving theirs for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we're kind of coming in for a landing here. Yeah, feels like it does. And uh, so, yeah, we've said it, but we'll say it again just to kind of drive it home is if this resonates with you, if you want to experience this, if something we said – feels like I want that, but I feel a million miles away from it. And I'm not sure how to get from here to there. Like just connect with us. You can email us at info at the cosmic You can leave comments here in the chat. Uh, both of us are on the U version Bible app. Um, I'm the only Paul Daly on there that is, you know, kind of chubby and has a long white beard. And, and um, I just, think I'm the only Rick Kaiser on there. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's just the, it's the joy of our lives. Now that we have found the pearl of great price, the treasure hidden in a field, I want to share this with everybody. So that's why we started this podcast is we can't keep this inside. Who was it that said, uh, I forget if we're even in the scripture, new Testament, old Testament, but you know, God's word is like a fire shut up in my bones and woe to me if I try to hold it in. Like I want to just get this out there because I want people, we want people to know how good God is that when we make him the center of our attention, however imperfectly at first, he will absolutely transform every part of our life in ways that we never could have imagined. And he can redeem anything. doesn't matter how messed up it is. Right. Broken. He can redeem anything. And he's not mad. He's not mad. He's not mad. He's not angry. Um, And he's coming to make all things new. There's no planetary evacuation. Nope. Yeah. 
The rapture yeah. is a myth. Yeah, no zombie apocalypse. No zombie, yeah. Very specific, woven all through the Bible, from Isaiah to Revelation, and all through it, from the very yeah. beginning, from Genesis to the last verse in Revelation. He's coming to make all things new, Eden again. Yes. And um, I think that the as we really move in this and, and grow and continue, you know, daily, daily, uh, as to seek him and get closer to him and that and the he, you know, truly becomes the, the center, the shiniest thing in our lives that outshines everything around us. That transition, when he comes to make all things new, Paul, it's it will literally be so seamless. It would be like stepping over a small crack on a sidewalk yep. as we step into Eden with him forever. Yeah. And that just jazzes me. My ambivalence is gone. And like Paul said, just to piggyback on what he said about joining us, we can make recommendations, certain books to read and podcasts you might enjoy that really helped change us and transform us. And we've been Christians for a long, long time, served in prison ministry for years. I've preached in every venue from nursing homes to campgrounds. And um, I've done everything in church, but get paid. So <laughs> same, uh, and, and that's cool. So, yeah, just a couple of guys that stumbled upon the Pearl of Great Price, and we got to share it. So yeah. we'd love for you to join us. All right. Reach out to us if uh, if you're so inclined, but uh, we will be back here next week doing the same thing, continuing to share it, and we'll keep doing this until Jesus appears. Amen. All right. See you next week. Later.